Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Greenlight Reviews, where we talk about movies. I am Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. Today, Anne, we are going to review an indie movie, mm-hmm. The Kings of Summer. Sounds like a perfect movie. It sounds like a perfect movie, yes. <laughs> but not so fast, as Not we? so fast, is right. It stars... Nick Robinson, Gabriel Basso, and Moises Arias, among others. And they play three teenage boys who, for one reason or another, get very upset with their parents. By the way, they're not being abused. No, they're 14-year-old kids. Yeah, you know. They don't like structure. They don't like rules. Absolutely not. I didn't either. However, when I was 14, I did not run away from home and build my own house in the woods, which is what these three guys did. They wound up building a pretty nice-looking house, and I don't know how they were living and where they got all this material. (laughs) Well, they stole it, as we say, or borrowed. Yes. Well, they first started going through dumpsters, Mm -hmm. and then they started basically robbing fast-food restaurants. Of course, one of them falls in love with one of the girls from his high school. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, she falls in love with one of the other guys, and that gets very, very awkward. Everything is awkward. There's a lot of killing of animals in this movie, which, as you know, upsets me very, very much. I looked away from the screen more than I needed to. Absolutely. Gratuitous. I I can't say much more about this movie except that I didn't like it very much. You know, I don't think much of this wonderful summer is enjoyed by the audience. In other words, I think this was a memoir based on the writer's wonderful summer, probably when he was 14 years old. Sure. And unfortunately, John Voight Roberts, who directed it, And I think we should say that the script was written by Chris Galletta. Yes. I think that they set out to make a heartfelt story. But unfortunately, I didn't feel the heart. I didn't feel the soul. And I certainly didn't feel any humor. That's the other thing. Listen. 14-year-old kids, if they're not your kids, they're funny. I think almost all children have a wacky sense of humor. Yes, absolutely. they built this kind of makeshift cabin out there in the woods, and you would have thought they would have had some amusing adventures in their crazy lofts, and maybe they would have fought a little bit more over who was going to run the place and so on. Again, they were trying to establish a place that was free of rules, a kind of utopia for themselves, a 14-year-old's idea of what it would be like to live away from home in a place that they built. On the surface, that sounds like a pretty fun idea. But just like the cabin didn't have a very good structure, neither did the story, unfortunately. (laughs) Well, you're right, Anne. It just kind of goes on and on and on. It plotted on. Yeah, in any film. I don't care if it's an Abbott and Costello film or the best years of our lives or anything in between. The characters must change from the beginning of the film to the end of the film. And I didn't see any of these boys changing very much. I think the only change came from the father of the Nick Robinson character. Nick Offerman was the actor. He played Frank, the father. I thought he was the most effective actor in the movie. He was a very effective actor because he did change. He was a real pain in the neck with his mm-hmm. kid. Very I mean, rigid. Really, yeah. Uh And because these boys have been gone for quite some time, when he finally finds them, he kind of rethinks his fatherhood. Mm -hmm. He turns out to be a much more interesting and more decent father. Everybody else in the film was just, eh. Well, again, the movie was just a collection of cliches about kids growing up. We have seen this kind of a movie many, many, many times, and we've seen it done much more effectively. Oh, absolutely. I think the only 
cliche that the writer avoided was having extraterrestrial creatures come down <laughs> suddenly and attack these teenagers. That would have been the final straw Didn't for me. Didn't we see that film last year? Yeah, I think we did. <laughs> this is just not a very good film. It's the kind of indie movie that probably does very well at festivals and so on. But I don't think it's a very good movie. And for that reason... I have to give the Kings of Summer a red light. Better you should rent Lord of the Flies if you're looking for a kind of adventurous movie where you see a bunch of kids trying to form a new society. Lord of the Flies, Rebel Without a Cause. I mean, this goes back 50 years. You of know. course. So if you're going to do a coming-of-age movie about teenage kids, whether it's boys skip or girls... Skip this one, are you saying? Skip this one and make it different. Give me a reason to want to watch... Another coming of age movie. I came of age a couple of years ago, and <laughs> I don't need. You don't to see need it to anymore. keep doing it. I see. You exactly. got it right the first time. Left. Exactly. <laughs> and so, because of that, as they say, I'm with you. Okay. Got to give this a red light. Also, sorry, they did try. Yeah. So two red lights for the Kings of Summer. We're going to come back and do another movie very, very shortly. We hope you will join us. Until that time, my name is Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. And Greenlight Reviews hopes that you do much better walking into a dark theater and enjoying the movies. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotus, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah, right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripotis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.